Red Blooded Outdoors, y'all. This is Cornbread, your host, Cooney. What it is? You gonna be the co-host today or what? <laughs> yeah. You over on your phone? Yeah, looking around. Looking around for what? Looking on this Georgia Outdoors app. Okay, all right then. We got Buck here for the third podcast in a row. Mm-hmm. You becoming a podcast man or what? I don't know. I guess it's what you call it. <laughs> <laughs> what y'all been doing? Tell the people what you've been doing. Can you come up with something different than work and school? Is that all you've been doing? Come on, man. It's all I ever do. That's all I know how to do. That's all you've done is work and school. Work and school. Work, work, work. But what you've been doing? Just work, getting this house thing situated. Yeah. Coney Buck's about to move out. You about you about to be the only baby left in the house. I know. <laughs> what you think about that? Well, I get my own room back. <laughs> Two times the dish. One time. No, you get Buck's half. That means two times your dishwashing. Two times feeding the dogs. Two times taking out the trash. Two times cutting the grass. Two times finding my keys when I lose them. <laughs> All things I do 98% of the time anyway. <laughs> two times, like Buck said, two times cutting the grass. Buck, when's the last time you cut the grass? The other day. Uh-huh. Buck, you ain't cut the grass. I cut the grass at work. Well, <laughs> that don't mean nothing. I make well, the grass grow. I'm a strong I, I man. Cru- I crushed the concrete at work. What's that got to do with the house? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he ain't got nothing for that. What about with this place where you're going to move? Who's going to cut the grass? Everybody. Because if it's up to you, it'll be up to the windows. No. Yeah. I keep the grass cut. Come on, I'll man. do it tomorrow. Wakes up the next day. Yeah, I'll do it tomorrow. Mm. It's the never-ending cycle of bucks. I'll do it tomorrow's. Y'all said all y'all have done is work and school and getting ready to move. We did a skeet shoot Saturday. Did y'all forget that? Yeah, Saturday. Huh? Well, I'm, why didn't you say we did a skeet shoot? I went on a skeet shoot. Because that's you're asking me what I what I've done. <laughs> what what's the most I've done? No, I didn't say, Coney. What's the most you've been doing? I said, <laughs> what you've been up to? Yeah, but the skeet shoot was just one part of the majority of things. It's a fraction. Oh my gosh. But do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, that's part of what we did. Yeah. We went so, on a skeet shoot. I can't constantly. That was a whole day. Yeah. Skeet shoot. <laughs> skeet shoot. Waluska, Georgia. Mm-hmm. Garland Mountain Sporting Clays. We, uh, we had the opportunity to go up there and shoot... Uh, the owner of the company I work for, he paid for two teams, which that's a team is four shooters. Those eight eight shooters. So eight total people, guys I work with, plus Buck. Buck, you snuck in on that too, just like the podcast, man. <laughs> I didn't sneak in I'm, on it. I'm, I'm starting calling him old yeah. sneaky snake. That ain't really a sneak in though, because me and Buck kind of grew up around those jokers. Oh yeah, yeah, true to that. I don't sneak in. So eight of us went up there and shot the Truth in Nature Benefit Clay Shoot at Garland Mountain 
in Waluska, Georgia. 100 rounds, 24 stations. Mm-hmm. We had a ball, didn't we? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We had a good time. Out of 100, now I'm no skeet man. I love shooting skeet mm-hmm. by all means. Out of 100 skeet, guess how many I hit, Cooney? Not many. Well, you was there. You ain't got a clue? I don't remember now. More than you. <laughs> 30. Well, I hit 26. I hit 30 skeet out of 100. That was pitiful. Pitiful. And I'm usually in the 50s, low 60s. Mm-hmm. Which I would say is probably average. Yeah. I guess. You know? I don't I don't think that's above average. No. Uh I could not figure out what in the world I was doing wrong. I could not figure out what I was doing wrong. Doing something wrong. What well, what was you doing wrong? You hit twenty six. <laughs> well, oh. you know, didn't have a bead on my gun and, and Buck Buck has shot that gun for years without a bead on it and just knocked doves out of the sky left and right. Yeah. But but it's that paint job he's got going on on that gun that messed me up. Killing squirrels. Squirrels, doves. I think you've even took that bugger duck hunting, ain't you? Duck hunting. It's all around gun, Cody. He's killed a duck with it. Duck, dove, squirrel. It's been turkey hunting, but it ain't killed one. Yeah. Go figure. So, but hey. so what's the deal with no bead, man? That ain't my gun. I ain't used to it, you know. Yeah. I ain't got my. I ain't got. Plus, it. you shoot left-handed. That's you, that's one of yeah, your problems really, right that's, there. That's how man shoots. So thirty skeet. Uh, Buck hit seventy-seven. Mm-hmm. What's up with that, Buck? That's what I do. Seventy-seven skeet. Now I would say that's above average. I would say seventy-seven's above average. But I got to thinking. How many doves? Did they up the limit on doves? I think it's 15 still. It has been for the past couple seasons. Is it 15? Yeah. Okay. I got to thinking. So we shot from 9 o'clock in the morning till 1230. And the 1230 really probably should have been 1130. But the last station, there was a, we had a backup yeah, there. Yeah, like a 30 minute wait. Yeah. To get to the last station. So, 11 30, 12 o'clock, we should, probably should have been done. Yeah. Probably set foot on the first station. Uh, Probably 9 20. 9, yeah, 9 15, something like that. So, I got to thinking if all I can kill is 15 doves, right? Mm hmm. Yeah. As long as I ain't wounding doves and I'm just clearly missing them. Why can't I just be on the dove field longer and have just as much fun, but be back at the truck having to be cleaning doves <laughs> because he's so good shooting doves, so so good at shooting. I can sit out there for a long time yeah, and works. shoot at my dove. Your little, your little gift works to your advantage on the skeet range, but not on the dove range. Yeah, hmm. you, you sitting back at the truck watching us shoot, thinking, man. Yeah, every 15 minutes, I'll run you a bag of dove over there. Clean them up, hey. but <laughs> I clean them up. Yeah. But, so, do you feel if you was dove hunting, that out of every 100 doves, you'd shoot 77 of them? 
I'd say if I was dove hunting, I feel like I'd shot more than that. I do too. Out of a dove field. I do if too. I sh- if I could legally shoot over 15 doves and yeah. I had the chance at 100 doves, right. I feel like I could kill right. 90 of them. I'd, well, I've seen you on the dove field. I, I'd, I'd, I'd go with that. I'd go with that. Because I feel like I don't, if a dove flies in front of me, I feel like it dies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean. I don't I feel, feel like, like I don't I feel, feel like, I miss a dove very often. I feel like it's a lot easier hitting a dove than it is one of them clays. Yeah. You remember last year? No, the year before last, when I had my truck parked up there behind the tree. I remember that. And the truck was positioned just right. A dove would fly over. I'd shoot him. Boom! He'd fall Land, in the back of the truck. Back of the truck. <laughs> back oh, yeah. of the truck. I remember back that. of the truck. Hit the side of the truck. Yeah, hit the side. <laughs> yeah. I had dove blood all over the side well, of the truck. More of them hit the side than what went in. Yeah. But uh, so that was a good time, man. I had some good fellowship. Like I said, eight of us total. Well, seven, including Buck, from where I work. And uh, the other guys, they shot real good, too. One of the, one of the guys that was on the other team, one of the guys that was with us, but was on the other team, the second team, he won a what class D. He yeah. won second, second place, second right? Second place, yeah. Class D. That's that Louis. I ain't scale. sure how. I ain't sure how all that goes. Like I said, I ain't big in the. Yeah, I don't know. Every time I go, I say, "Man, I'm on. I'm gonna get into this skeet. I'm really gonna learn this skeet and get to where I can shoot." And I never do do it, but every time when I leave, I got the feeling the to get more into it and learn more about it but i That's never we, do we was talking about that leaving saturday we ought to come up here once or twice a month yeah start start practicing maybe next year will be better but we never do yeah we probably never won't either I, I feel as if buck i feel as if buck really got some practice in maybe some instruction uh you'd probably shoot real good buck yeah i feel like if i practiced if I got a good shoot in once a month, yeah, I feel like I could. If I went to a competition, I feel like I'd place fairly well in it. Well, when you step up there on the station, do you have any specific thing in mind? Is there anything you thinking? Are you thinking I got to get the speed of this skeet down and lead it a certain distance? Are you are you thinking I'm gonna keep my swing through with my gun while I squeeze the trigger? See, the, the swing through for me has always come naturally, like dove hunting and duck hunting. I feel like I had that right off the rip. I could right. do that fairly easy. But it, only thing that takes me is like when they show you the first pair, If when they show me that, I feel like I got it down. Now, I may still miss, but like I, I feel like I have it gauged pretty good off of just one showing. Right. So, so do you do the... The butt, beak, bang. You know what I'm talking about? I kind of... Where, where you get it, that speed down. So you're picturing a duck in the air. And you're coming from behind the duck. Yeah. Butt, beak, bang. You get what I'm saying, Coney? Yeah. Yeah. The gun's swinging. First you come across his butt, you get the speed. As you butt, you, then you beak. And then bang. bang but you're doing but, it all in one motion. And that speed of butt, beat, bang. You see what I'm saying? And depending on how fast the bird is flying, it might be, it might be butt, beat, bang. 
See what I'm saying? Yeah. Our butt beat bang. See what I'm saying? Yeah. You doing that, but? No, I don't really have a thought process. I just put it, I kind of put it on the front of it and keep going. I've never, right. I've I don't never really been. follow follow a step process. Right. I kind of just find it, point the, pull the gun up to it. Right. I find the front of the bird with my eyes. Right. Pull the gun up to it, follow through with it. Follow through with it. I've yeah. never heard it explained like you just explained it. Buck beat bang. I'm a big duck hunter, Coney. Oh, are you? Big. I, I mean, well, that's how I heard that from John. All of them. Yeah, that's that's a buddy of ours, John Griffin, told yeah. me that. But beat bang. First time I ever went duck hunting. Years ago. Mm-hmm. When you was just a baby buck. Yeah. You just a little old spike, little yeah. old knothead buck. Yeah. You're still eating on them dot dogs and apples. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, buck showed out up there. Now, these, uh, as Jeff Davis was standing up there giving the prayer, uh, there was what? There's over 150 shooters there. Oh, yeah. Countless volunteers. Well, that's a lot, that's plus, a lot of people there. Plus the staff that works there at Garland Mountain. Yeah. Uh, everybody had breakfast and was shooting the side games first. They had a long bird side game, which the the skeet's way out there and is moving at a pretty good pretty good click coming across through there. And then they had the Annie Oakley. That's like a like a knockout tournament. Yeah. With four or five people. Yeah. Stand on stations together and a skeet comes across and goes in a line. It goes in a line. First first person shoots. If they miss, the next person shoots and hits it, they knock them out. So on and so forth. You go down the line. Yeah. Till there's only one. But they was playing those that morning too, which those are fun. Those are fun. But as Jeff was giving the prayer, you know, it made me think. I was sitting there and listening to Jeff give the prayer before everybody went out and shooting. It made me think of Matthew eighteen twenty. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. I felt that there. There was everybody was there for the for the genuine cause of that ministry. Mm-hmm. That ministry of um, boys with fatherless or single parent homes, and you could just feel that there. Nobody was there to be the top dog shooter. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Nobody was there to come up and show that they got the biggest, highest dollar shotgun there is. You know, I didn't feel that. Did y'all feel that? No. I really enjoyed it. Now, they friendly competition. Believe that. Believe oh, yeah. Cooney can run his mouth with the <laughs> best of them. Oh, yeah. I mean, Cooney was talking smack. From the time we got out the Every, truck. Everybody that walked up to me, want to make a bet? <laughs> <laughs> Cooney was talking smack. <laughs> Even when he had only hit 10 skeet <laughs> and we was on station 15. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cooney was still, still talking smack. And they all regretted not taking that bet. <laughs> That's what you were doing, wasn't you? Yeah. I was uh, just trying to help them out. Yeah. But, uh, man, I really had fun. Great weather. The, oh, yeah. the oh, weather yeah. was nice. And that place, if y'all get a chance, people, check it out. 
it's garland mountain up in waluska georgia we shot 24 stations 22 of them of which was four birds mm-hmm. skeet yeah shots and then two of them was six yeah six shots which means 22 of them you had four shots two of them you had six shots mm-hmm. and that took i mean a good two hours yeah with the amount of people that was there but that i don't feel like that was long and overdrawn no everybody was just sort of easing along wasn't everybody wasn't in a rush or nothing we just out no, there everybody should, just out there hanging out shooting at your own pace oh yeah not hurrying up taking your time having a good old time Mm-hmm. and uh, i hope they raised a lot of money for it I, like i said there was a good many people i didn't shoot none of the side games because i shot so awful i mean i didn't shoot worth <laughs> a dollar man i could not figure out what i was doing wrong but yeah we had a good time if y'all get get a chance check them out what else do you do this weekend coney we went hog slash yo-yo hunting yeah we didn't really do much of the coyote hunting but we did try to get on a pig yep and uh that was pretty fun we uh we took and hunted a wma we'd been hunting and uh one thing i found pretty interesting is we got about a mile from the truck on a what what kind of road is that buck it's a handicapped vehicle access means like a van or something that can haul yeah. a wheelchair yeah, or can, is the only thing that's allowed to right, drive down it or something that can haul a, a handicapped vehicle yeah so that's the only vehicle that can drive down that road now we wasn't hunting the road because that vehicle can be traveled by or that road can be traveled by a vehicle so we wasn't hunting that particular road but we was using it to access where we was going to hunt so we was having to walk it yeah we was having to walk on that road and we got about a mile from the truck and two people come walking up the road now on this particular hunt you can use any legal weapon yep now when i say any legal weapon what's that mean to you that's anything from a pistol to a high-powered rifle bow bow high-powered air rifle yeah air rifle anything you're allowed to hunt with in the state of georgia if you're old enough to hunt with it right so a mile from the truck we're having to wear it because that hunt is labeled that way we're having to wear hunter orange mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 500 square inches of hunter orange at least mile from the truck here comes two people walking um and i originally thought well they're they're back in there and they done got broke down but i noticed as they got closer to us that they was speed walking i don't know what what do you call it when somebody's exercising and they're walking but they're walking real fast i'll just call it that person walking super fast yeah <laughs> i call it getting it yeah <laughs> so he was, he, they were getting on down to the through oh, the road yeah, they had, so. they had on their fanny packs that they, they was getting it that's <laughs> right so that was getting it <clears throat> and uh i thought to myself hosh almighty they ain't got no orange on yeah these these we in here hunting and they ain't got no orange on now 
the the responsibility is a hundred percent on the hunter to identify their target. One hundred percent. Oh yeah. Anybody out there recreational, hiking, exercising, jogging, mountain biking, kayaking, trout fishing, whatever they're whatever, doing, yeah. That responsibility is not on them. Mm-mm. By by no means. No, so nowhere get, in their nowhere in their license or rules does it say they got to be wearing. Right. But, orange. but but what I'm thinking is why do I have to wear it if they don't have to wear it? Yeah. Because True. they can they can get all right, so for us to legally hunt to load our weapon, we have to get fifty yards off the road. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. yep. So then we can load our weapon and hunt. And that's what we was doing. We was walking this road because these pigs, they'll get on these ridge tops early of the morning mm-hmm. and they'll feed on the acorn and grasses and whatever, whatever else. I mean, they eat everything. Anything they can eat, they'll do it, but they'll get on those ridge tops. So what we was doing was walking the road. We'd come to a ridge where the ridge met the road. We'd go down the ridge. We'd get 50 yards off off the road. We'd lo- load the gun, try to, because we was spotting stalk type deal. And uh, that's how we was hunting. But anybody can get off the road. So it's not like the road is the safe place. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. For the hunter, for the hunter, the road is not like the safe place for people that are jogging and walking and stuff. If they get off the road and they ain't got no orange on. Yeah. Oh, uh, it just to me it doesn't make much sense. Yeah, because the hunter, the hunter's gonna be off in the woods doing his thing more than likely, or supposed to be. He ain't supposed to be hunting from the road. So, I mean, we're a hunter's a a person that's stationary no, pretty no, much. Normally, the hunter's gonna be stationary. Yeah, normally. So, why does the person that's stationary have to have the orange? Yeah. And the person that's walking or running, not have to have the orange. Because the the it game just, you're generally hunting is going to be what you're expecting to be moving. Right, exactly. And so the jogger, the mountain biker, the person going to the trout stream is going to be moving. Yeah. At least in the state of Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> now you might hit you a good spot stock on a bedded elk in Colorado. Right, but around here. Right. Well, I mean, and that's what we was trying to spot and stalk ourselves. So I just can't figure out why the hunter has to wear orange, but everyone else don't. And I'm not saying it's, well, if I have to do this, you should have to do this, because I can guarantee you 100% I am not going to raise my gun until I know for sure Mm-hmm. what i'm looking at yep and if i think it's a deer if i think it's a pig i ain't picking the gun up mm-hmm. if i know it's a deer or i know it's a pig or i know it's a turkey whatever i'm hunting then i'm gonna pick my gun up yeah and we're not i'm not we're not saying that we shouldn't that nobody should have to wear orange in the woods either we're just saying that I, well i'm saying that if one person has to do it Everybody should have to do it. 
Well, I mean, like like I said, I I I'm, I don't know that I agree with that myself because these these people that are doing other recreational activities are they even aware that they're in an area that's being hunted? Because yeah. because these two people made the comment that wow we don't never see anybody back here. Which was odd to me because how many times have we hunted back there in the last two and a half months? Every week of that two and a half months. So, every weekend easily. So so let's just say a conservative figure of eight times. Yeah. In two months, we've been back there. At the same time, we've seen those people. So if, they're, if their time frame was relatively close in any of those eight weeks... Because they, they talked like they was back there every weekend. Yeah. And we were not the only people hunting back there. Why were they surprised that there was hunters back there? Because we was just as surprised that there was some hikers back there. Because the area we're hunting is not frequented by hikers. Yeah, for sure. At all. We were wondering, like, where they even come from. Yeah, because there was no vehicle where we was parked. And wheelchair vehicle only, right? Mm -hmm. And that road dead ended about what four miles back. Yeah, like dead ended. Didn't have a hiking trail coming to, from, off of, nothing. over. Nothing even close to it. So did they come across the ridge? I don't know. It's just, it just makes me wonder if if people that are out there hiking or mountain biking whatever it may be are they even aware they're in an area that's being hunted I, as a hunter as a hunter in identifying your target and i don't want to beat that subject to death that's your responsibility we're we're aware this has happened to us how many times we're aware that just all of a sudden there could be a person right yeah but it seems to me, on the other hand, that the hikers or the other ones seem to be more surprised when they see us. Yeah. Like, oh, wow. Because you'll get a question in March, are you deer hunting? Yeah. You know, they're, they're, they they don't even know when the seasons are to yeah, begin they with. They don't even know what's right. going on around them. Right. The, maybe they're thinking, okay, I see somebody with orange. That means they're hunting. Well, in turkey season... Or small game. Yeah. You don't have to have any orange. Yeah, you don't have to have nothing on. Period. Yeah. Um, that's only for big game hunting with bear and deer, deer. with a rifle. Yeah. Uh, or like if you're on a specialty hunt like we was on. Yeah, you got to uh, wear For hog, it, yeah. it was mandatory per the, the state law to hunt that WMA. So it, that, that was just something that struck me. Not really odd. And I'd wondered it before because we'd been hunting the, the national forest before and bear hunting and seen people running those trails. Oh yeah, in black jogging suits while we're bear hunting. Yeah, there's always people. They, when whenever you're on whenever we're on a public land, it's always in your mind that you're expecting to see somebody out there. Right, right. Because, especially out here where we're at, because. The, pe the amount of people that are out there now is like went up a lot in the past two or three years. Right. 
So we just expect to see people out there. Right. But. I don't, you know, like I said, I think it's, it's personal preference. I don't think, I'm not saying I think they should have to wear orange. That responsibility is on the hunter. I'm just raising the question of why, if I have to wear orange, right? Mm-hmm. Do they not have to wear orange? Yep. Why is that? That that's odd to me. Yeah. Am I thinking crazy? No, I think I it's think so. a very reasonable thing. I mean, it makes sense. Right. So you got numerous hunters in the woods that are wearing orange and then you've got numerous hikers joggers trail runners backpackers campers that are not wearing orange makes no sense in the world it don't none it's interesting isn't it mm-hmm. that uh that's really all i've got i ain't got nothing other than that do you need to wear orange? Do you not need to be wearing orange? I'll tell you what. If I'm Cooney did a, a project for the DNR, volunteered for a project yep. through the FFA to what? where they was looking for a spotted skunk. A spotted skunk. Eastern spotted skunks. Actual name what? of it. I can't remember the scientific yeah. name of it. Break, break break down real quick on on what all you did during that project. So during the project we had I was I was checking seven cameras for the DNR, and what what I'd do is I'd go out there and I'd get the flash, get the SD card out the camera, replace it with a new one, and then for bait, the DNR had put these things like PV, pieces of PVC pipe chained to these trees, and for bait I'd take a can of sardines, crack it open a little bit, stick it in there, then we was taking cherry oil and putting it on a rag. And just soaking that rag in cherry oil. I'd have to check. I'd go and I'd go on the computer and look through the pictures. And then there was a little database I had to enter all the information into. And right. that's pretty much it. And we were, we were, had the camera set up in locations where a spotted skunk would stay and stuff like that. Right. I mean, we was, you was trying to mimic the, not really mimic the habitat, but. But you was in the habitat. Well, we was in the habitat where you would expect to see one at. Right. And you check those cameras every two weeks? Every two weeks. Okay. I don't know how many months. So when we would go check those cameras, we had on orange vest. Yep. We didn't have to, but we knew the hunters were in there. Yeah. And what I found to be interesting, think, talking about this subject, is the the wildlife technicians and the biologists that Cooney talked with mm-hmm. suggested we wear orange. Yeah. And even made it clear that we didn't have to. Yeah. But recommended we wore orange. Now, I haven't been on any hiking websites or anything like that. I just wonder if it's... I mean, I know people know safety generally. Yeah. But I really don't think, and I'm not trying to discredit hikers because there's a lot of those people that are way more wood wood wise than me. Oh, yeah. Uh, mountain bikers that are way more wood wise than me. But is that even talked about in the sure enough hiking circles? Yeah. Trail running circles that, hey, 
I'm going through an area that there's big game hunters in. Uh, maybe I need to think about being more visible. And, and maybe they don't think about it because generally a hiker or they're in groups and they're generally louder than hunt people that are hunting. Right, right, true. You, you, they're usually talking, yeah. got dogs with them. Right, right. If you a bicycle, you're going to hear a bicycle come to the woods and it ain't going to sound like it's something. Man, I tell you what, remember when we was uh, up there? It sounded there like a stampede of horses coming out of the freaking trail. We was in Cahuta. Yeah. We'd been bear hunting, and we was starting to walk up a big incline on the trail. Mm-hmm. And uh, Cooney, you wasn't there, but these guys on these bicycles, we started hearing this racket. I was, what in the world is going? Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, they start hollering, hunters, hunters, hunters on the trail. They was letting all them bikes behind them know that, hey, ease up. There's some other people on this trail. When they come down that trail, son, let me tell you, they was getting it, down son. the trail. Really? They was rolling coal, boy. Yeah. They was not God. playing. Yeah. But which that, that leads me to the to the thing about the trail too. You know, we was hunting a road that could be traveled by a vehicle. So we mm-hmm. had to be off that road fifty yards. Yep. Before we could load our weapon. Right? Mm-hmm. It's not like that on a hiking trail. Nope. I could set my fat tail down in the middle of that hiking trail if I wanted. And hunt that trail. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm, and it, I don't even know if the hikers know that. They probably don't. You know? It's just, because like I said, I know I said it a while ago, it seems the hikers are always more startled that somebody's in there hunting than it is the hunters are startled somebody's in there hiking. Yeah. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. I think, I, I think the next time I come up on a hiker... I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk to him about that. Yeah, so, for sure. You know, because I see, you know, in the hunting regulation book, there is some WMAs that say no hiking or horseback riding before 10 a.m. Yeah, on turkey season during turkey season. Mm-hmm. I don't see any stipulations for deer season. No, I don't either. None. Nah. At all. Yeah, it's mainly turkey season. Yeah. Which is, that's a little bit odd to me. Yeah. Is why there's a stipulation in turkey season when normally the shot's going to be within 50 yards and in, right? Yeah. Yeah. And deer season, you know, you would figure that would be, yo, y'all need to stay out during this time because that shot could come from every way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I said. I still believe the responsibility is 100% on the hunter. Most hunters are going to do the right thing to begin with. But I'm just thinking about the safety of the hikers. Thinking about, you know, accidents happen, man. Oh, yeah. And I'd, I'd hate to see any of them get hurt, and I'm sure it has happened. I know it has happened. I know hunters have been shot wearing orange. Yeah. It's, you know? Yeah. There's a blue million things that can happen out there. Oh, yeah. Well, boys, I ain't got nothing else at all. Do you got anything raccoony? I do not reckon so. Buck. I ain't got nothing. Well, you ain't got be- nothing, Buck? You got mm-hmm. something. I can see you got something. I ain't got nothing. I'm staring into your soul right now. <laughs> I can tell there's something in there. There ain't nothing. <laughs> yeah, he's wanting to hit the sack. That's what that is. A lot, boys. 
I guess we'll holler at y'all. Yep. Deuces. See ya.